0: Informing America's farmers and ranchers, it's Adams on Agriculture. Produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Here's your host, Mike Adams. And hello everyone, welcome to Adams on
1: Agriculture. Hope you had a good weekend, and it'll be interesting to see if this week is as busy as last week was. Wow, we had a lot going on, and uh, we're going to follow up on a lot of that uh, today and this week, including... The latest on the Farm Bill, ranking member of the House Agriculture Committee, Colin Peterson, will be on with us later in the program to talk more about the differences between Democrats and Republicans uh, concerning the Farm Bill and the nutrition title and where he sees it going from here. Of course, we've heard Chairman Conway planning to move forward, even though there has not been a resolution to those differences. We'll get the uh, ranking member Peterson's thoughts on that coming up on today's program. We're we'll going to talk more about trade. We're going to talk weather. More wet weather in the Midwest. Uh, Planting looks uh, farther away than closer right at this point, even though here we are in the last week of March. When might we get a break and uh, get the field work? Bryce Anderson with DTN will join us a little bit later on. But right now to kind of set the uh, stage and uh, look ahead to this week ahead, uh, we're joined now by Sarah Wyant from AgriPulse. Sarah, thanks for joining us. Uh, What a week you had last week in Washington, D.C.
2: Well, good morning, Mike. We had one heck of a week last week with our Ag and Food Policy Summit. Uh, so many things going on in Washington, as you know, and uh, we were so excited. We had about 400 people signed up, but, of course, we also had a government shutdown in the middle of our meeting because, you know, the folks in Washington have a tough time driving when there's an inch or two or snow. So So uh, it did pull some people back. They just couldn't get out of uh, some of the... Tougher areas around the district, but uh, for the most part, we had about 300-some people show up. We had the chairman of the Senate Ag Committee and the ranking member, Senator Robertson, Senator Stabenow, Ray Starling from the White House, Ted McKinney from USDA. It was just a, a great day to get caught up on a wide variety of issues, Mike.
1: And then on top of all the news, of course, uh, with uh, Ag Day activities and everything going on, Uh, Then we had the tariffs and the spending bill. It's just like everything was happening at once.
2: Oh, it was. It it was tough to try to keep up on all the different uh, hearings and the decisions that were being made at the White House. You know, we knew that the president was likely to impose these tariffs, but uh, when the announcement finally hit home and the markets reacted, uh, I think everybody was still trying to figure out exactly exactly who's ox is going to be gored, so to speak, the most, uh, because there's such a big fear of retaliation on agriculture. Uh, There's so much uncertainty right now, and even though the president said that this was clearly one of his goals is to push back against China, when the news finally hit, uh, everybody was kind of running to see what's going to be next. And as you know, Senator Roberts was in a hearing with Ambassador Lighthizer when he was talking about Gosh, he didn't want, you know, agricultural products to be singled out, but we all know it's an easy it's an easy target for a lot of countries, and so uh, how this is going to play out in the weeks ahead is still something that remains to be seen. I was uh, I was really assured yesterday when I heard Treasury Secretary Mnuchin talking on some of the Sunday shows that at least they're talking to the Chinese and so that maybe some cooler heads will prevail about finding some solutions sooner than later. But the uncertainty for farmers and ranchers is just so much right now. It's really devastating.
1: Yeah, just the word of potential talks or possibly talks going on still with China uh, certainly has buoyed the uh, stock market today. But, yeah, it's just a nervous time. And it will be interesting to see, Sarah, uh, if agriculture support of uh, the Trump administration – Uh, If this will uh, damage that at all, I think you've you've done some reporting, some polling that there's already some signs of that support uh, not disappearing, but perhaps uh, weakening a bit.
2: Yes, we did a nationwide poll that we released the results of last week, and out of 750 farmers that were polled nationwide, we showed that there's still strong support for the president. But about 20% of those that were surveyed said that they probably wouldn't vote for him again. And another 18 percent said that they were really uncertain about what they would do. And of course, we still don't know who would be the Democratic candidate or perhaps another Republican trying to challenge the president. But those kinds of softening in the in the polls for the, what had been a really strong base for President Trump don't really present a very good sign for him going forward. So we'll have to see how it plays out. But I think the president has reached out to farm country probably more than any other president that I've seen in the last few decades, Mike. But still, it's uh, this uncertainty in the markets that are already weak isn't helping helping anybody in agriculture.
3: It
1: puts Sonny Perdue, Secretary Perdue, in the position, and he's good at it, uh, being the person that goes out there to try to reassure, to calm agriculture that it's all going to be okay, even if it doesn't look like it right now
2: yes he's been a great ambassador but at the same time you know what uh, his hands are kind of tied and the uh, the people who are running the committees are kind of tied up too because there's not any new money other than what we already got for dairy and cotton out of the appropriations package so you have got the uh, senator roberts saying what are we going to have trump tariff payments to try to pay farmers off because of all the lost markets i mean There's no money out there, so this is, again, it's a kind of a quandary about what can you actually do to help people.
1: The president threatened to uh, not sign the uh, spending bill, but actually he went ahead and did it, of course, uh, but made it known he didn't like it. There's certainly a lot in there for agriculture.
2: Well, there is so much there for agriculture that it's not just the spending bill. We're actually moving a lot of regulatory issues out of the way for agriculture as a result of the spending bill. So, for example, and in those over 2,000 pages that were signed by the president, you've got additional funding, but you had to fix for the 199A that was making lots of people saying that they wanted to form their own co-op in order to get the tax advantage that was out there. So the 199A fix is in the livestock and poultry got an exemption from emissions reporting. They also get a delay on electronic logging devices for their vehicles and transporting poultry and livestock. So there's a wealth of provisions in that spending package that was really helpful for agriculture.
1: Did not get the tax incentive for biodiesel. We're going to have the National Biodiesel Board on with us tomorrow, but I know that was uh... – that was a disappointment there because that, that's so important to that industry.
2: Absolutely. The tax extenders went missing. But there were a lot of good things as well, some increased funding, another $600 million for rural broadband, uh, $139 million for research. There was really uh, some spending fixes that were much needed. And for the first time, they did this without cutting critical conservation payments. So I think that was another big win for agriculture.
1: Real quick, Sarah, we're going to be talking with uh, Colin Peterson here in a little bit, but it's going to be interesting to see if they can get this farm bill done this year.
2: It sure is, and it doesn't look very likely right now. Obviously, there's enough Republicans in committee that Chairman Conway can go ahead and he can get this bill moved out of committee if he wants to do so. But without Democratic support on the floor and without the likely support of the Freedom Caucus, the Republicans that are needed to pass on uh, this bill, uh, there's going to be a really tough row to hoe for Chairman Conaway when he gets on the House floor. Now, on the Senate side, I think you see a great deal of bipartisanship. We've got Chairman Roberts on open mic, and he is willing to be in lockstep with uh, Senator Stabenow, the ranking Democrat. So there's a lot of bipartisanship on the Senate side, because they know they have to have that pass on the Senate floor. On the House side, if we don't see a few uh, Democrats join the Republicans, there's going to be a world of
1: hurt. Sarah, as always, thank you very much. We appreciate it.
2: Thank you, Mike.
1: Sarah Wyant, editor, publisher of AgriPulse. Coming up next, a complete look at the weather from DTM meteorologist Bryce Anderson. Stay with us. This is AOA, Adams on Agriculture.
0: If you or your family love the freedom of swimming any time of year, if you love sharing good times and making great memories, or if you want one of the best total body workouts ever, then it's time to discover the three C's of your very own endless pool. The first C is convenience. Imagine swimming year-round in your own private swimming pool, installed indoors or out, just steps away. The second C is comfort. With sculpted spa seats and your own adjustable temperature, you can easily escape the stress of your day. And the third C is cost. Your endless pool is an affordable luxury at a fraction of the cost of a regular pool. And here's a bonus C. Choice. Because when you call for your free Endless Pool Idea Kit, you'll receive information on our full line of pools to suit your budget and location.
6: Call now for your free information, 800-717-0734, 800-717-0734.
5: Do you need a car? Been shopping only to be turned down because of bad credit, low credit, no credit, bankruptcy, or divorce? Guess what? Today's your lucky day. Because now you can buy a car, truck, or SUV, just about any vehicle. It's true. Bad credit? Doesn't matter. No credit? Doesn't matter. Bankruptcy or divorce? It just doesn't matter. As a matter of fact, your job is your ticket to your new vehicle. We're Auto Credit Express, and we've helped thousands of people just like you. Antonio H. told us, great company, got me connected, and the day I went in, I drove off in the car I wanted. 100% worth your time. Need a car? Get started now, and drive off as early as today. Just go to 11ignoremyscore.com right now. That's www.11ignoremyscore.com. Auto financing the easy way. 11ignoremyscore.com. Get started today. Auto financing the easy way.
0: Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now back to Mike Adams.
1: And welcome back. Well, the calendar says it is spring. But uh, the weather uh, doesn't really feel like it for a lot of people, especially those would like to be uh, out in the fields getting the planning going. In the Midwest, it looks like it's going to be a while yet. Let's talk about it with DTN meteorologist Bryce Anderson. And Bryce, I tell you, it uh, you're you know I have to give you credit when your forecasts are right because we always like to kid you when they're when they might be off a little bit. But uh, oh. you've been saying. Se- <laughs> but you've been saying that this uh, cool, wet weather is going to hang on a while uh, into April, mid-April, maybe even towards the latter parts of April, and uh, it's sure starting to look like, uh, I, unfortunately, that you're right on this one. You know, it, it's really hanging on this cool, wet weather for the Midwest.
7: Yes, it is, Mike, and uh, and good morning uh, here on this last part of March, uh, the last Monday of March. Uh, the the scenario really is acting like like early march and it is going to stay with us uh, for another probably couple weeks at least of uh, the uh... the pattern is uh... dominated by uh, this real stubborn uh... trough over manitoba and ontario canada all the way north uh, into the uh... southern canadian uh... territories uh, and this uh... upper air feature just has no place to go because it's kind of socked in by high pressure off of the Alaska Alaska coast, as well as high pressure over Labrador. And so all we're getting is just the uh, continuation of this cool trend. And the thing is that it's maybe not that cold on the low temperature side, you know, during the night. But during the day, these uh, high temperatures are going to be running probably 15 to 20 degrees below normal. And along with that, uh, there's the uh, discontinued cycling of uh some storm systems out of the Pacific coast that uh that get uh, you know pulled into the into a a pretty good stream of moisture out of the Gulf of Mexico and we have this uh, real wide mix going on uh with the uh, snow today in the northern plains northern midwest and then later on this week there's going to be pretty heavy rain uh from I'd say interstate 80 south almost all the way to the Gulf coast and then east of the Ohio Valley. So that basically takes in just about the entire Corn Belt.
1: Yeah, I hate to complain about moisture, especially with so many areas so dry. And even a lot of the Midwest that really needed a good charging of of moisture. So that's the good thing. It's going to be there when we can finally get to the fields. It's just a matter of when will that be. So what is your longer-range forecast uh, through April uh, for the Midwest, Bright?
7: Yeah, I think that uh, during April, uh, the the northern Corn Belt from Interstate 80 North is going to uh, stay on kind of a chilly track, actually, below normal. And this is uh, a little bit of a La Nina influence still staying with us out of the uh, Pacific conditions uh, during uh, the uh, balance of this uh, first half to two-thirds of the spring season. And then you get farther south and east, temperatures are going to be above normal, and so that will help out maybe on the soil temperature side. However, that uh, part of the country, and I would say there from the Mississippi Valley, uh, east to the Ohio Valley, and then over into the Great Lakes and south into the Delta, we're going to get uh, some pretty heavy rains going on because there will be a pretty big temperature contrast to work with to help drive uh, storm system formation along with a uh, pretty consistent uh, inflow of moisture out of the Gulf of Mexico. And And are we going to get uh, crops planted? Well, certainly we will, but the, uh, the trend, Mike, uh, over the last, my goodness, uh, probably – Five, uh, five, six years now since the very dry year in, in 2012, so that is six years ago. The trend overall has been more of uh, a, a kind of wet spring pattern and, and some delays at some point in quite a large area of the Corn Belt, uh, either north or even uh, central and south, uh, from one. Uh, I think that that is the way things are getting set again for this year, so it is going to be a year where uh, planting uh, goes well into possibly the last part of May before everything is taken care of.
1: Urologist Bryce Anderson, alright Bryce, what about those areas that have been extremely dry like out in western Kansas and Oklahoma in that area? Uh, we know they have had in some places some beneficial moisture, are they going to get more?
7: there will be some precip this week uh... kind of in that southeastern plains area mike and maybe even as far west as uh... the interstate thirty five uh... corridor from uh... hutchinson and wichita kansas south into uh, wichita falls texas uh... so there there will be some benefit on uh, the precip side in the wheat belt now you get west of uh, that i thirty five uh... corridor u s highway eighty one uh... it still is going to be uh... pretty dicey uh, i've seen some estimates of maybe a quarter to even three quarters of an inch of moisture and that certainly is going to break the the perennially dry trend you know that has uh, been record setting in quite a few uh... stations there in the southwestern plains but i'm still uh... a little bit cautious on uh... being too terribly confident about that moisture because we've seen these uh... storm systems that form say in the uh... the front range of the rockies Uh, get caught up in a very fast-moving flow in the jet stream and just kind of move on by the southwestern plains before they really get into a uh, moisture-making capacity. That's what I'm afraid we're going to see more often than not.
1: Now, way out west uh, towards California, out in that area, we've heard about snowpack improvement. Uh, What's the situation out there?
7: Uh, Snowpack is actually getting uh, close to normal now in the Sierras uh, in California and Nevada, and uh, the Cascades have also had an improvement, but there's been a lot of uh, interest in how the Sierras are doing. Um, what's interesting is that it's taken near-record snowfall to bring the snowpack to about normal, and that's you know how dry things were in the far west. The Rockies have also had some improvement, not quite as much as the Sierras, and uh, the, the uh, prospects for uh, rain-fed uh, irrigation out of the rocky uh, 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 river systems in in the Arkansas and the Platte this year is still looking pretty cautious because uh, they they don't have an overabundance of snow to work with getting into the spring.
1: All right, let's uh, take our weekly look at South America. It's been so dry, of course, in Argentina, much better in Brazil. What's the situation this week?
7: Well, it's pretty much status quo. Uh, Argentina had uh, very little. And I tell you, the uh, five day forecast in Argentina is just about bone dry. So uh, we know that crop estimates have been coming down, and I think they're going to, with the Argentina crop uh, for soybeans in particular, they will likely produce at least a third fewer soybeans than they did a year ago in Argentina. Brazil uh, still has pretty good soil moisture uh, with more rain on the way for this week. It maybe is causing some uh, mud in uh, the road systems to uh, do some transport Uh, so that may cause uh, some problems there but nothing is getting in the way of production and in fact uh, Brazil could hit a new record uh, for soybean production this year uh, this after setting a record last year so they are uh, really looking quite uh, favorable in the uh, final stages of their soybean harvest and their second crop corn is still looking uh, quite uh, favorable as well not quite as uh, large a crop as last year but still uh, certainly uh, workable and and, uh, able to offer a a pretty good amount of uh, corn to both their domestic needs and to the export market.
1: Any other weather maker or system uh, anywhere around the world that you're keeping an eye on?
7: Those are the main areas right now. Uh, Fortunately, it looks like Europe has uh, maybe worked a little bit out of that terrible cold spell that they had here a couple weeks ago, and that's uh, very good news uh, the uh, the situation uh, in Europe overall is uh, looking uh, pretty decent, and in South Africa, uh, they're getting into uh, harvesting their uh, corn crop, and uh, right now things are generally looking pretty decent for their major crop areas in South Africa.
1: All right. Well, you know, I'd rather compliment you on being right when it's a forecast we like than one it's <laughs> we don't like pl- as much, but... I-
7: I, I fully understand. There's a lot of conditionals in uh, talking about a forecast.
1: Yeah. It's it's hard for you just to win all the time, right? I mean, you have to tell people some things they don't want to hear sometimes.
7: Yeah, well, there there are certainly some some uh, side effects of uh, this pattern that, that go against the grain of comfort and, and efficiency. I won't deny that at all.
1: Hey, real quick, what about severe weather? We get towards that time period, uh, watching for tornadoes, things like that. Uh, can you tell now what kind of storm season that might be?
7: I think we're going to have a pretty active one, Mike, uh, particularly in uh, the central and southern Midwest from uh, about, uh, again, Interstate 80 south because you get these active uh, storm systems with the precip uh Uh, type of uh, trend that we're looking for, I think that there are going to be uh, quite a few storms that spin up into a severe category as well. Maybe not like some of these uh, bombastic years we had uh, seven years ago, for example, but still it's going to be a pretty active season, the way way this uh, temperature contrast uh, is developing especially.
1: Well, let's put it this way. You give us not only... It's not always the news we want, but it's always the news we need when it comes to weather. How's that? Thanks, Bryce. I
7: like to think of that. Thank you, Mike.
1: All right. Take care. DTN meteorologist Bryce Anderson. All right. So much focus on trade with tariffs and retaliation. Coming up next, we're going to talk with Brian Keel. He's executive director of Farmers for Free Trade. Their reaction to what's going on with the trade talks and the retaliation and all that. That's next. Stay with us on AOA, Adams on Agriculture
8: fastline.com is changing the equipment buying game fastline has just released its newest feature the price comparison tool the price comparison tool is the first of its kind in the ag equipment market it's designed to help quickly compare equipment by price make and model Using the price comparison tool, you can see if an item is below, above, or right at average price for similar equipment. Use this game changer right now at FastLine.com.
2: I live alone, so when I slipped and fell in the kitchen last month and couldn't get to a phone, that's when I knew I needed Life Alert. With just one press of this button, I'm connected to the Life Alert Center, where I can get the help I need, even when I cannot reach a phone. With Life Alert, I'm never alone.
6: For a free Life Alert brochure, call 800 981 2126. That's 800 981 2126. Call now at 800 981 2126 to get a free brochure.
8: Time now for a market check here on Adams on Agriculture. I'm Rusty Halverson from the American Ag Network. Grain and soybean futures were mixed in the overnight trade, mixed in the early trade on this Monday. Dry weather in Argentina said to be supporting corn and soybean prices with only a few light showers over the weekend and little rain expected this week. There is some relief in the markets that U.S. corn and soybeans were not targeted by Chinese tariffs. That's helping to stoke some buying interest and support the markets as well. Private exporters reporting to USDA the sale of 120,000 metric tons of soybean meal for delivery to Spain, exporters reported sales of 132,000 metric tons of soybeans for delivery to unknown destinations. On the charts, maize soybeans have been under pressure since topping out at 10.82 and a half back on March 2nd. New support forming at Friday's low of 10.09 and a quarter. An hour into Monday's session, May soybeans at 10.35, up six and a fraction. The corn market traded quietly higher overnight. We've got a bit of weakness, though. An hour into the day trade, May corn down a fraction at 3.76 and a half. New support forming at Friday's low at 3.69 and a quarter. In the wheat's four to six and a half lower Minneapolis Spring, nine to ten lower in Kansas City, and seven and a fraction lower in Chicago Wheat. Live cattle futures at the Merck, 37 cents on either side of steady money. Feeder cattle, steady to 30 cents higher. Lean hog futures, nearby April, up 52 at 58.95. On Wall Street, the Dow is up over 400 points. S&P up 40. May crude oil in New York, down 39 cents. You're listening to Adams on Agriculture. I'm Rusty Halverson from the American Ag Network.
4: Hello, I'm Mike Mandel, the inventor of My Pillow, and like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented My Pillow, I wanted it to where you could move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep sleep faster, and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed. It's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose.
3: My pillow now offers 50% off their four-pack special. That's two premium pillows and two go-anywhere pillows, 50% off. Go to mypillow.com or call 800 871 7280 and use promo code FARM11. 50% off MyPillow's four pack special. Go to mypillow.com or call 800 871 7280 and use promo code FARM11.
0: Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now back to Mike Adams.
1: Hey, welcome back. This trade situation with tariffs and retaliation from China, it, it really doesn't look good uh, for for agriculture right now, but there we're, there are other stories out there that the, despite all this, the talks are going on between uh, the U.S. and China that could lead to some better trade news down the road, so that's encouraging, but still, for agriculture overall, the it's just like a dark cloud kind of hanging over things right now because trade is just so very, very important, especially with with uh, sales to China being uh, uh, so critical for many parts of U.S. agriculture. We're going to talk about it now with Brian Keel, Executive Director for Farmers for Free Trade. Brian, thanks for joining us. Your reaction to uh, the tariffs and the, the, the retaliation talk we're hearing back from China right now.
9: Uh, well, thanks for having me on today, Mike, and uh, Farmers for Free Trade, we're, we're very concerned about the impact of uh, retaliation on U.S. agriculture. You know, We put out a report a couple weeks ago looking at past trade wars that the U.S. has entered into. Every time we get into one of these spats, it's U.S. agriculture that ends up paying the price, that other countries retaliate against us and our, our prices or our, our products. And and remember, these become basically tariffs on us. So if, if we're selling a product to another country and they put a tariff on us, it means our product becomes more expensive in that country and we can't compete as well. Uh, the other thing that's really important for farmers to understand is when you get in these kind of trade wars, other countries will start buying from other from other suppliers. So, you know, we spend a lot of time and energy trying to develop markets for our products and develop long-term relationships so we can sell whether it's our grain or our beef or you know nuts, whatever it is. And when you get into a trade war and you disrupt that supply, other countries will find other people to sell to them. And once they lock in those new relationships, boy, it's hard for us to get back and and make those same level of sales.
1: And, Brian, this is not to say there aren't areas in trade between the U.S. and China that, that uh, don't need to be addressed because, obviously, there are. A lot of this is about intellectual property and things like that. And, and you know, the president makes a case about uh, the, the problems uh, and the advantages uh, that many people agree on that China has had in trade with the U.S. and wanting to uh, correct those. That's one thing. But as you pointed out, oftentimes when you – in an effort to correct those other areas it's agriculture that pays the price
9: that's right and i think the the point for people to understand it's it's not it's not whether you should do something it's what you should do so china definitely has some unfair trade practices let's all acknowledge that so then the question is well what do you do about it you know, the way President Trump has gone about it on steel, for example, is, you know, first he came out with this proposal to to put tariffs on, on everybody who imports steel to the U.S. Well, that was kind of silly since China was really the, the issue that we were looking at, their oversupply in the market. And... You know, we think a better approach would be to work with all of our allies, build a coalition, and and put pressure on China that way, rather than lashing out at everybody and then being surprised when you know the EU starts drawing up retaliation lists against our products. It's it's not the way that we think we can move the needle most effectively. We need to build coalitions. The other yeah, thing the to problem, recognize is, yeah, go, yeah ahead. go ahead. I I was just going to say, you know, the big picture. Think about the the Trans-Pacific Partnership. That, that was a huge lost opportunity for the U.S. And, and why was it a lost opportunity? Well, partially it was about us being able to sell products into other countries, but a lot of it, it was about the U.S. being a counterweight to China in in, in the uh, Pacific Rim. You know, we were bringing together virtually every country in the Pacific Rim. I mean, Japan, uh, you know, you had had Asia, you had the other markets, or uh, Australia plugging in. That was a lot about U.S. Political influence in that in that theater, and we think we would have been a lot stronger off if we were in the Trans-Pacific Partnership right now.
1: Yeah, and it's not a one-to-one apples-to-apples, oranges-to-oranges situation. I mean, if you address intellectual property, or say, or you go after steel, but the retaliation comes back on pork or or, or ethanol or something like that, uh, it it's not like yeah, you address the, what needs to be addressed, and everyone else is unaffected. It just doesn't work that way.
9: That, that's right. Yeah, you look at China's list of 128 items they're going to retaliate against on steel. Unless, uh, unless we're able to make some breakthrough in talks, just like you said, it's it's pork, it's uh, it's ethanol, it's wine, it's fruit, it's nuts. You know, it's it's a lot of U.S. ag products. Um, sorghum is not on there. Soybeans are not on there, which is good. But we think they're holding those back for the intellectual property retaliation. If we get to a trade war there, we we think we'll soy soybeans and uh, and sorghum will still probably be hit.
1: And Brian, I, the thing I also look at, even if this all turns out okay, so somehow they get it all resolved and everything there's still damage in the meantime uh, the uncertainty over markets and uh, things like that as you said you get customers looking elsewhere there is damage even if it winds up okay in the end as far as the original dispute uh, that doesn't mean everything just automatically all the damage goes away
9: that's that's exactly right mike and and i think that's one of the things farmers for free trade's most concerned about across the board i mean whether it's a tit-for-tat with China on, <clears throat> on steel or intellectual property, or it's, you know, rattling our saber and saying, saying maybe we'll pull out a NAFTA, you know, this, this, this rhetoric coming out of the White House has real impact on U.S. agriculture. And and we think instead of instead of blowing up existing relationships, the better approach will be to expand new markets. So, you know, let's put our time and energy into getting into Japan, for example. Think about how many mouths there are that we could be feeding if, if we had better access to Japan. Um that would, that I think would help U.S. agriculture a lot more than some of the, some
1: of the bluster that's happening right now. Talking with Brian Keel, executive director of Farmers for Free Trade. Now, when it comes to the South Korean trade deal, the Chorus Agreement, uh, supposedly what we're reading is that uh, there's been work and negotiations going on there. that maybe they're coming to some kind of agreement that may not be that much different than what we have. What are you hearing there?
9: I think that's right. That's that's what we're hearing too, and that's that's certainly a relief. I mean, there was talk of reopening CHORUS, and you know, CHORUS has been good, especially for pork and beef exports. Um, so w- we were nervous we'd see the same kind of bluster with NAFTA that we're going to you know pull out of CHORUS. It sounds like maybe they'll they'll do some minor tweaks and move forward, and that's and that's great. There's there's nothing wrong with updating trade agreements and making minor modifications, but you know, when you've got good trading partners and you're selling product, why why rock that boat?
1: Now, when it comes to NAFTA, well, it still doesn't seem to be any breakthrough imminent. Uh, we hear you know, reports on some areas they've made some uh, uh, advancements, but other areas, big areas like dairy, they've not really addressed. Um, how do you see this playing out? Now, there was a report out, I think, over the weekend about uh, in Mexico, if that Candidate wins that election. There's a change in leadership there that that was presumed to be very bad. That he would want to pull out of of uh, NAFTA, but now the talk is that maybe that would not be the case. So uh, we get all kinds of mixed signals there.
9: Right. I I think an important thing to understand when you talk about trade agreements is you know you're dealing with other countries and they have they have their own politics and their own constituents, and you know to the extent we're beating up on Mexico and you know saying that they're, they're not good allies, that changes the politics in Mexico. And I think one of the real concerns is, you know, do you see Mexico take a hard shift to the left? Um, and I think you got to be conscious of these politics. Now, I think the Mexican elections are coming up, I believe, in July, and that's the presidential election in Mexico. And so, so we're expecting, you know, if NAFTA's not wrapped up really quickly, like within the next month, um, it's probably going to go into a deep freeze for about six months and be picked up again after the after the Mexican elections um, that's not necessarily good for us because again we you know farmers in the us need some kind of certainty um, we don't want to see Mexico starting to buy grain from Argentina or Brazil you know we want them to continue buying from us and so we want to get these deals nailed down and 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 certain as soon as we
1: can are you hearing any more about the possibility of the U.S. getting back into some kind of a TPP 2.0 or something like that?
9: Um, so, you know, President Trump, when he went to Davos for the World Economic Forum, he said that, that he was interested in that if it could be made into a better deal. You know, the head-scratcher is it's not clear what would be required. I don't think we've ever heard anything about sort of why it was not a good deal. Um, and, I, and I think it's important to understand the other countries, the other 11 countries that were part of TPP, they haven't stood still they've they've gone forward and said all right us you don't want to be in we're still going to make our own trading block and and so you know Australia's taken taken advantage of the the fact that they can now sell product into japan more easily we're on the sidelines, so we think it's really important that the u.s engage in that um, i think the other countries would probably make some minor modifications uh, to get the u.s at the table but I don't think I don't think those 11 countries are going to do a wholesale rewrite of this agreement. That, frankly, the U.S. helped lead. I mean, we we, we wrote that deal, and then turned around and said, never never mind. We don't want to be part of it. And uh, that was a real real bad blow for agriculture.
1: You know, bottom line, Brian. Uh, you know, we don't know how a lot of these things are going to turn out. Obviously, but what we do know, markets do not like uncertainty, and we have market prices. Uh, much lower than we'd like to see them right now then you add more uncertainty to them and makes it an even tougher situation
9: that that's right that's, uh especially in a, in a period of low commodity prices it doesn't take a lot to start pushing individual operations into insolvency and that's that's one thing that really worries us we don't want uh, you know people are already struggling to make it all balanced uh, we need to be making it easier for farmers not harder and so so this is a particularly inopportune time to start having these kind of flare-ups. Um, we're encouraging, you know, just to shift to kind of what people can do. We're encouraging farmers to get engaged in this conversation. Uh, this does affect, you know, all of us, and we need to we need to raise our voices and be engaged. Um, if folks go to our website, which is farmersforfreetrade.com, we've got this, this uh, video app that farmers or the, kids of farmers, if, if you're not up for video, uh, can do where we're asking people to record just a simple video saying where you're from, what you grow, and why trade matters to you. We've been gathering these little 30-second videos, and those are really powerful. You know, we got a, a woman from Oklahoma, a, a farmer from uh, McCook, Nebraska, standing in their fields talking about why trade matters. Mm-hmm. Uh, we think we've got to be able to tell these stories, and, and, and that's part of what's going to help us advocate for, for what works for us.
1: Yep, make your voice heard. All right, Brian, thank you. Always appreciate it.
9: Much appreciated, Mike. Have a great day.
1: Brian
6: Keel, Executive Director of Farmers for Free Trade. Colin Peterson next on AOA. Call to receive your free DVD videos and brochure and find out how you can own a Thermospa's hot tub for only a few dollars a day. Right now, they're offering 0% APR financing with approved credit and a $1,250 savings coupon, including free delivery, free chemicals, and a cash discount. And with models starting at $4,995, there will never be a better time to own a Thermospa's hot tub. So call now and ask about this limited time offer. Call Thermospas today at 800-991-5852 for your free DVD videos and brochure. That's 800-991-5852. Thermospas, hot tubs designed to improve your life. Call 800-991-5852 today to take advantage of 0% APR
5: financing. Do you need a car? Been shopping only to be turned down because of bad credit low credit no credit bankruptcy or divorce guess what today's your lucky day because now you can buy a car truck or SUV just about any vehicle it's true bad credit doesn't matter no credit doesn't matter bankruptcy or divorce it just doesn't matter as a matter of fact your job is your ticket to your new vehicle we're Auto Credit Express and we've helped thousands of people just like you
4: Mendel, the inventor of my pillow, and like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you can move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep sleep faster, and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed. It's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose.
3: My pillow now offers 50% off their four-pack special. That's two premium pillows and two go-anywhere pillows, 50% off. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-871-7280 and use promo code FARM11. 50% off MyPillow's four-pack special. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-871-7280 and use promo code FARM11.
6: Call to receive your free DVD videos and brochure and find out how you can own a Thermospas hot tub for only a few dollars a day. Right now, they're offering 0% APR financing with approved credit and a $1,250 savings coupon, including free delivery, free chemicals and a cash discount. And with models starting at $4,995, there will never be a better time to own a Thermospas hot tub. So call now and ask about this limited time offer. Call Thermospas today at 800-991-5852 for your free DVD videos and brochure. That's 800-991-5852. Thermospas, hot tubs designed to improve your life. Call 800-991-5852 today to take advantage of 0% APR financing.
0: Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, Back to Mike Adams.
1: Welcome back. About two and a half weeks ago, the ranking member of the House Agriculture Committee, Congressman Colin Peterson, told us here on AOA about differences between Republicans and Democrats over the nutrition title food stamps uh, that could hold up the farm bill well that impasse continues although chairman conaway says he's pushing forward with the farm bill joining us again today ranking member colin peterson thanks for joining us uh can you give us an update any signs of uh an agreement on this issue
10: uh not that i've seen i really haven't had any conversation with um... Chairman, or the majority, since uh, last, you know, the last uh, letter we sent.
1: <clears throat> but Chairman Conway is going to move forward with the farm bill. What's your reaction to that, and and the chances of being able well, to get it done with this <laughs> uh, with this division still there?
10: Well, he's the chairman, and it's his call. I don't think it's um, a good idea, and I told him that, but. Um, it's up to him. Uh, I think there's no question he can get a bill out of committee, <clears throat> you know, with whatever he wants in it, probably. But uh, how you're going to get that bill across the floor is a mystery to me. Uh, having talked to the leadership of the Freedom Caucus, who says, even with what uh, is being proposed um, uh, being in the bill, they're still not going to be in favor of it. That's about according to them about 30 of them and i've talked to a number of moderates and i think there's 15 to 20 moderates that won't vote republicans and won't vote for this bill if the um, uh, snap stuff is in there as it currently is so that's true that's 50 people and so i don't know how you pass a bill and on top of that you know Senator Roberts uh, has said that they're going to do a bipartisan bill. They're not going near any of the SNAP stuff in the Senate. Uh, Senator Grassley uh, came out last week and said that uh, they're only going to consider a bipartisan bill. So, and uh, what's in you know in our bill of the SNAP area is not being considered in the Senate at all. We had 23 hearings on SNAP, and not one single thing that's in this bill was actually called for in any of those 23 hearings. And this stuff came out of the blue. And I know it's stuff that's wanted in the Republican caucus. I understand that, some people. But I don't know how you get this done.
1: What's in there that you especially uh, oppose, that you do not like?
10: Well, it's not me. It's not me. This is my members. And my members, uh, you know, initially were upset because I was trying to actually protect the committee and the chairman by not letting this information out because I knew what the reaction was going to be, trying to see if we could soften it, which we weren't able to do. And finally, I had to uh, let them know what the language was, what the score was, and that just made them all the more adamant uh, that they weren't going to support any bill that had this stuff in it. So these are my members that are opposing this. It's not me. And uh, they're opposed to the uh, work requirement, the training that's in there, they're opposed to the elimination of LIHEAP. They're opposed to the elimination of uh, broad-based categorical eligibility. They're opposed to the food stamp system being used as a, a child support collection system, uh, which <laughs> I think is kind of a crazy idea. But So they're just, you know, um, I don't even know where to start on this. You know, Mike, the last time I talked to him, he said, well, Maybe we can drop those other things, LIHEAP, broad-based CADL, and uh, child support, but we have to have work requirements. I told my members that. It didn't make any difference. Um, so, you know, it's not it's not something I can do. I can't lead people that don't want to be led. <laughs> so, so we are where we are, you know.
1: Do you think a bill will get done this year?
10: I would say if you're a betting person, you bet on an extension
1: an extension of the current bill. So yep. that pushes it into 2019 doesn't it get even harder? <laughs> I mean, are you? I mean, yeah. there's some yeah. there's some absolutely. saying your party would your party would want I'm to wait and see what happens with the midterms.
10: No, that's not true at all.
1: There've no?
4: been
10: some people that have put this stuff out like Wiesmeyer or other people. Uh, that is absolutely not true. <laughs> I have said publicly a number of times that this is not uh, something I'm looking forward to, uh, if we do get in the majority, that I would then be in charge of trying to get a farm bill done because uh, I'm not sure it could get done uh, if we're in charge uh, because of the divisions that have been created here. Um, so part of this goes back to 2013 and uh, what was done to us on the floor. And that's part of why some of our members, the ones that were around at the time, don't trust. Uh, the majority on this because of what they did there. Uh, these things are not exactly the same, uh, the, the work requirements, but it's enough the same that uh, uh, they, they, you know, so that's uh, involved in this. And this is not helping the situation. So I don't know. I mean, it's, um, you know, people said last time after the 2014 bill that this might be the last farm bill uh, because they're getting so hard to do. Uh, I'm not ready to say that yet but I I would say that uh, you know there's no question that they are getting very hard to do no matter who's in charge
1: Real quick before I let you go I got a minute left uh, your thoughts on the spending bill it did have the uh, 199A fix in there and some other things for agriculture your your overall thoughts real quick
10: Well it's too much spending I mean we're spending money like drunken sailors uh, I didn't vote for it and the, by the way the 199 fix uh... created an imbalance between the co-ops and the privates. uh... only this time the privates uh... have an advantage over the co-ops not in all cases but in limited cases if you're a farm that has w-2 wages you're going to have your twenty percent pass through that everybody gets reduced because of this fix so it's not a complete fix Um, and i pointed this out before it passed but uh... it is what it is so People are going to find out before this tax bill all gets done how big of a problem there is. It's not just 199 This whole pass-through thing is going to be a nightmare before they get done with it. And I predict in two or three years they're going to have to have a revision, just like they did with the 81 tax cuts in 86 because of the problems.
1: Well, Senator, uh, Senator uh, Congressman, thank you so much for your time. We've got much more to talk about. I look forward to having you on again real soon. Thank you, Congressman. Okay.
10: Good enough. Thanks.
1: Ranking member of the House Agriculture Committee, Colin Peterson. Some interesting thoughts there. We'll get more reaction as the week goes along. Thanks for being with us. This is AOA Adams on Agriculture.
8: Fastline.com is changing the equipment buying game. Fastline has just released its newest feature, the price comparison tool. The price comparison tool is the first of its kind in the ag equipment market. It's designed to help quickly compare equipment by price, make, and model. Using the price comparison tool, you can see if an item is below, above, or right at average price for similar equipment. Use this game changer right now at FastLine.com. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture from the American Ag Network.